do you know what this show is called? No. You're about to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Fill My Hole. That's Phil with a PH, of course. Yes, where we find unsuspecting, respectable guests, and we don't tell them the title of the show beforehand. Uh, today on the program, the program, I like saying program because it makes me sound old-timey. I have Dr. Chris Carazios, who is a, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it here, right on this pad of paper. He's a doctor. He is a doctor. He's a pediatrician. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, or Dr. Chris, or sir. Uh, Chris is fine. Pediatric infectious disease specialist with a specialization in HIV AIDS. Is that right? That's correct. I mean, I snuck it off another podcast that you did. (laughs) Um, What does that actually mean for, I mean... What does it mean for you day to day? First of all, thank you for doing this. And I will, before I let you answer the question, tell you that you were the reason I started this show. Really? Yes. Eight months ago, Uh you were, I mean, we'll get into it deeper, but you were one of the first like alarm bell ringers for for the pandemic that I had seen um, when I was still watching it in January, like 2020. I guess, yeah, 2020 in like China. I was like, oh, this doesn't look good. I mean, I don't know much about viruses, but this looks bad. That's when I started Um, posting uh, alarm bells on my Facebook post. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at first I was like, this guy's a bit of an alarmist. He's (laughs) he's being a little crazy. And I was like, he's a pediatrician. Why is he yelling about this? And then I realized that you're more than just a pediatrician. Like, I mean, this is your Super Bowl. Um, And I was like, I got to talk to Chris. Like, I have so many questions and I'm sure other people would want to hear them. I go, but I can't just invite him for a call. That's random. And (laughs) so I was like, I'll just I'll just do the podcast. And then when I reached out to the MUHC, they're like, well, can we see some episodes of this show with this terrible name? I was like, I, I haven't started yet. So then I, I continued on my merry way. I think we're, I think this is episode 15 now. And, and here we are. So thank you for coming on the show. Well, and so tell us. You're glad to be a muse. You're glad to be what? Sorry? Muse, a muse. You're a muse. Well, let's not go that far. Let's not, <laughs> let's not be crazy. My, I don't know how my wife would feel about that. Uh, or yours for that matter. Yeah. Um, what is it like? I mean, you're an infectious disease specialist. Are you seeing patients? I'm talking about pre-COVID, like your life before COVID. What was, what was a day at the office like for, for you? Right. So thank you for having me. Um, you know, thanks for the nice words. Um, and glad to see that your, uh, your podcast has taken off and that your, uh, your holes are being filled. Um, and you'll fit in nicely here. I know, I know. See, I see what I did there. <laughs> I like um, that. the, uh, you know, I work at the children's hospital in Montreal and uh, I also work at the HIV clinic at St. Justin hospital. So I do HIV in both of the hospitals. Um, I'm an infectious diseases specialist and I'm a pediatrician. So what does my average day look like? My goodness, there's no average day. Um, I would say, what does my average year look like? Um, yeah, okay. you know, there are, there are weeks where I am the, head doctor on the wards, um, uh, you know, uh, pedia- general pediatric wards, because I'm a hospitalist as well. So, and then there are other weeks where I am the consultant at the hospital for any type of infectious illness, um, and uh, where I don't do anything but consult on some of the sickest patients. Uh, and then when you say consult, you mean like, so like a so, resident is seeing a patient and they'll come to check with you? No, is that, what you that mean? happens okay. every time. I'm talking okay. about other doctors, let's say another, you know, hospitalist who is running the show on the wards has a patient who has meningitis, mm-hmm. who's admitted, they will ask me as the consultant to consult on that patient and provide guidance, specialized guidance 
on the treatment and management of this patient. There are ER doctors who are seeing patients with fevers who are coming back from various places in the world. And they're like, listen, you guys are the specialists. What should I, what tests should I order? How should I manage this patient? So these are okay. type of, you know, there are cancer patients who develop fever um, and, and, and uh, you know, transplant patients who develop fever. And obviously the hematologists, oncologists are not the specialists in treating these. They will consult us and say, you know, we need your help in management and diagnosis. We don't know why the kid has a fever. Can you help us with this? So, so like a like a virus detective. Uh, yeah, like a bit like, cool. like a Dr. House, let's put it that way. If you, rem you remember the show. I remember House, yeah. You know, doing all these like arrows and trying to figure out what the patient has. So we're kind of like, you know, ID doctors are a little bit more like the, the intelligence community in, um, in, in a government or in the army. House was like a, information. a diagnostician, right? Yeah, yeah, we're very. Is that a real thing? We're very much diagnosticians. I mean, it's is it a real thing? It's not an actual title, but oh, okay, yeah. We're really much diagnosticians, and uh, and we guide our our fellow uh, doctors in that. So that's when. So you're a consultant. It's like right. hiring a consultant firm to take care of a specialized problem that you have, right? These are sure. these are all what specialists do. They're consultants to the general pediatricians or the, you know. So my role when I'm the consultant is to wear that hat and aid in the, in the diagnosis and management and treatment of patients. And then I pick them up and then I put them into my clinics where I follow them through their illness until they're better. Um, I also, um, but when I'm, when I wear the hat of the spe of the, the, the hospitalist or the general uh, pediatrician that runs the ward, mm -hmm. I may not consult easily the infectious diseases colleagues, because I'm an infectious diseases. Well, yeah, that, that goes without saying, but, I think. But I may consult a cardiologist or I may consult a nephrologist if I have a specific question about that. So, you know, I, I wear these two hats um, at the Children's Hospital. And I, I, you know, as an outpatient, the outpatient department, I run uh, the, 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 the ID clinics where I follow patients that were followed on the wards. Uh, I follow them through. Um, or um, I get referrals from outside doctors about, you know, a kid with, you know, whatever, recurrent herpes around the mouth, but he needs help because he doesn't want this every two months or right. whatever, any, you know, recurrent strep throat, please help us with this. Um, so we see that. I have my HIV patients that I follow, my cohort uh, in my HIV clinic. I mean, you definitely chose a, a yeah. sad cross-section of, of society like like sad not like oh that's so sad yeah go away like i just mean it makes it's not fun to talk about kids with hiv no, no no and there's a lot of you know hiv and a lot of these chronic diseases um are diseases of the you know the the socioeconomically downtrodden um uh, populations of our, right. of our community and this is across the board uh, it's not only in canada across the across the no board. for sure yeah um, yeah, so, and I have my HIV clinic at St. Justin. I teach university. I teach the course, the infectious diseases course at uh, the first year medical school. Um, you know, I'm a head of various committees. Uh, right, so this is what your year. International. Hmm? This was your life pre-COVID. Yeah, this was my more life pre-COVID. And then COVID came. So the COVID shows up. You start screaming on Facebook in all caps. Yes. Um, 
which to this day, I still don't understand. I mean, I only sign on to Facebook for two reasons now. One, to see if you've posted anything interesting because it gives me access to like actual uh, studies, yeah. which I mean, I'm a layman. I don't fully understand them, but I do my best. Yeah. Like I, I did okay in bio. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I more or less understand the basic concept of how a virus works. I mean, even pre-COVID. Right. Just that little bit of hypochondria, you know, keep me keep me on my toes. Yes. Um, but the, 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 the comment sections are, are phenomenal. I mean, the trolling that happens on, you're not even giving an opinion half the time. You're just saying, these are, these are studies that came out. I like this one. I don't like this one. Here's why. Mm. Uh, so COVID comes and, and I developed this new pastime, which is watching your trolls fight, which is great. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes you post things and it makes me angry because I was like, oh, this is, this doesn't make sense. Cause look, as a, as a non-medical person, there's so much about the science, not the science itself, but the parts of the science that get to us, the rest of us, that don't make any sense. Because, I mean, for the most part, we don't understand the data, right? Uh, and for another huge part of it, the government is completely at odds with public health and doctors most of the time. So keeping all that in mind, what are your days like now? <laughs> there, I, what are we, month 13? Uh, 11? 11, uh, yeah. Before the pandemic was... You know, in Canada, March, uh, was it March 11th that it was declared a pandemic, even though I was screaming from February that this is yeah. a pandemic. And I was like almost yelling at the top of my lungs at the WHO, you know, declare this a pandemic before it becomes a bigger problem. Because at the time I was looking at this in February and seeing, you know, various governments asking different, you know, not not being in sync. I mean, I remember I was on I was I was on vacation down south in Aruba, and we were coming home with my family, and you know the, the American Airlines person at the airport, in um, in Oranjestad in in Aruba asked, you know, have you been to China? Have you been to Iran? And and uh, and I'm thinking, you're not asking me if I've been to Italy. You're not asking me if I've you know, dude, it's it's yeah. there. But they, but they hadn't gotten the directives from the WHO to, to, to ask, you know, every government, every local public health person was doing their own, instead of focusing on, let's stop international travel right now, let's do this, let's, let's, let's lock down quickly, because this is coming. And, you know, you know I screamed. Some people privately told me stop screaming because you are scaring the crap out of people and you're being alarmist. You mentioned it, uh, not you. You didn't send me this, but others. No, did. no, no. Yeah. But you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and that's a pun. Are uh, you saying that we could, <laughs> we could have stopped this? Are you saying that we dropped the ball and we could have stopped this in, I'm, I'm, at least in the Mediterranean, like stopped it in its tracks? Wow. We could have. I mean, look what happened. First of all, one great example, you spoke about the Mediterranean thing. You know, Italy was caught off guard. I yeah. think the world saw China. I was seeing the, the, the banned Twitter and Instagram videos that were coming out of China where people were dead on the street and, and people were dead in hallways of their hospitals. I mean, but that could just be China. Well, I don't mean the virus. I just mean China. Real? That's the thing, right? How much people are like, yeah. well, it's not real. It was real. Why has that never happened again? What do you mean? Why has that never happened again? I mean, in China? I remember videos coming out of China of people coughing up and just dying in the streets. Right. That's never happened anywhere else in the world. Well, first of all, they were, they didn't know, they were the first, 
country to have this attack. They didn't right. know what they were dealing with. We kind of knew what we were dealing with. And with that, our hospitals were overrun. Right. Okay. You know, with that, our hospital, it didn't happen elsewhere because we knew that there was a virus out there, that we had to wear masks, that we had to socially distance, that we had to lock down. And there's not a billion of us in a square foot either. Right. In China, they were, all these people that were dying on the streets and all this kind of stuff, this was before the big major lockdown. This was before. Oh. and, 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 And so going back to your original question, could this have been stopped? Uh, yes, if China cooperated and was um, a little bit more forthcoming with information, mm-hmm. uh, they did that with SARS-1, they did it with SARS-2, although they did it a little bit less so with SARS-2, but still, there's a lot of question marks. And I think mm. that how could it have been stopped? Look what happened. Italy blew up. Skiing holidays and Milan Fashion Week completely were super spreader events in Northern Italy. And yeah. that completely changed the minds of the world. You know, it happens in China. Oh, it happened in Iran. Oh, we don't believe them. But once it starts happening in the Western Hemisphere, where people are, you know, overwhelmed, then we're like, oh, now we start believing. Yeah. Look at the Mediterranean basin. Greece was one of the only... We're Greek. I liked... I really hats off to the government in Greece for responding the fastest in, of all European... Yeah, their first wave was phenomenally... There was no wave in Greece. It was, yeah... It was a a little ripple. There was a few cases, yeah. A little ripple. And they completely locked down. They closed schools. They closed everything within a week of the first identified case in Greece. That is the major thing. Look at Australia. Look at New Zealand. That's what they're doing. Is Australia doing well also? I thought only New Zealand was. Australia has less than 20 cases a day in the whole country. Wow. And they, uh, you know, you have one case, two case, they lock down the whole city. You know, look at how the, the Australian Open is being played with like 25,000 spectators in the crowd. That's true. I didn't even think of that. I don't sports well. Normal lives. Gyms are open. You know, right now it's, um, you know, it's summer. So I don't know if schools, I don't think schools are open now, but, you know, the winter that they just passed. Hmm. Yeah, okay. They had, Melbourne went a full lockdown. You couldn't even leave your block without having you know a policeman at you know tell you or or without you know in greece the 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 lockdown text text the local police department telling them where you're going so basically at this point in the pandemic the only real weapons we have left are lockdown is that what you're saying no like like controlled lockdowns lockdown so the 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 weapons that we have at our disposal have not been used the way they should be used. And that is contact tracing, testing, Mm -hmm. testing, testing, contact tracing and isolation of contacts, quarantining of contacts. South Korea never went into a full big lockdown. What they have is one of the best virology and public health labs in the world. They were able to up their testing like nobody else in the world. And they were able to isolate cases. They're right next to China. You know, yeah. we're able to isolate cases without going into fo- Hong Kong. The same thing. I remember reading about this, actually, Yeah, they that they had the, the way they're tracing is through AI and uh, yeah. facial recognition, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, all those things for apps. people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have the, the government app. 
I have a hard time believing that I've yet to come into contact with anyone who's had this virus. I got, I got, I got, I got pinged. Oh, did you? Yes. So here's a question for you, because you said to answer my original question. My original question is what's your life like now, but that's okay. Oh, um, no problem. So my life... No, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's, I just have another question, which I have now forgotten completely what it was. Uh, but uh, So go ahead. But, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that so if you're asking me whether the, the app works, it does, if, it's, if, if everybody uses it. The, the, you know, the problem, the difference is, is that we are a less trusting society of our government than there are, than the South, Southeast Asian countries are. Um, we are also a, 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 a society that doesn't question wearing masks, whereas Southeast Asia, everybody's wearing a mask. And they've done this since SARS-1. Since SARS-1, yeah. yeah. Now, so it's in their culture already. They have this. Already. It's in their culture already. I mean, um, I read an article yesterday on Bloomberg. I mean, I didn't read the full article. I, I'll be honest. I'm not going to pretend like I read a fucking thesis. Yeah. But uh, the whole premise was at the rate of vaccination, it'll take us 7.4 years to get globally back to normal, right? And it was saying that the East Asian countries, not the Southeast Asian, but the East Asian countries will get there faster because they have this in their culture. Israel uh, already has 80% of its population vaccinated. But their cases are still out of control because they can't control... Not really. If you look at the... So first of all, the, the you have to look what happens over the next month. Right. Antibodies, antibodies and full protection happens between two to four months. Sorry. Between two to three weeks after your vaccine right. right which you've already received i remember seeing okay. two who me i've received yeah. one and uh the next one should be in the next month um, okay but in israel a lot of people got two already yes they're they're 75 percent. yeah and so then they have a large um very ultra orthodox jewish population that don't really follow uh the rules um uh, like the rest of the population there they follow and, god's rules only <laughs> Yeah. They have seen a lot of cases um, yeah. in there, and, and they've already reached a level of herd immunity in, 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 their, in their little group niche. They've already reached a level of herd immunity. So Naturally. the cases that you're seeing, the cases that you're seeing that are doing this, and they have a lot of variant cases, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, whenever you do, whenever these statistics go out, and whenever you do the tests or whatever, a case is described as a positive test. It right. could be you could be asymptomatic. You could be this. You could be that. The vaccines, um, you know, were designed. Many of them were designed, and we don't know whether they can prevent asymptomatic spread yet at a full yet. level. They can prevent and decrease very sick people, hospitalizations, and deaths. But maybe the mild cases where you can still isolate the virus, you know, even maybe that's not the vaccine's role. The vaccine's role is to actually decrease the burden of serious disease in a population. Right. Um, so number one, they're, they're reaching herd immunity. Number two, their cases might be going up a little bit because of some asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic type of testing that they're measuring the virus still. But also it's a little bit too soon. Wait two to four weeks from now and see what happens. And they're already starting to see a drop in hospitalizations and a drop in deaths. The same thing is happening in Quebec. Even after one dose, we are seeing that the CHSLDs, the, 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 the rate of infections and deaths and hospitalizations has gone down after the vaccine. Um, so, you know, we you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the variant cases now, and uh, I just wanted to ask something. So everybody likes to call them variants. Let's call them mutants. They've mutated. I mean, they're, yeah, they're mutated, mutated versions of the original, the original virus, SARS right? COVID-2 has mutated. 
I mean, which is not weird. I mean, no, 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 it's not. If you, the more you let a virus spread, the more it'll mutate because a mistake will happen in its replication process. I was reading a, an article now that you said that about, uh, I think it was in England where the, 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 the UK or somewhere in the UK and how one patient who was in immunocompromised yes. had the virus for 78 days, eventually succumbed, to, succumbed, succumbed, Suc- I'm not sure, succumbed. Suc- passed away. Yeah. They didn't make it. Uh, but the virus had 78 days to just like yeah. party in there and mutate yeah. and do stuff and yeah. lose spike proteins and all this interesting science that I don't fully understand. But mm-hmm. it's sad that by trying to protect the weakest of us during the infection, instead of doing it before, like you were calling for, yeah. we're now giving the virus like fodder. We've become like a tool for it to get stronger, yeah. which is kind of terrifying. And that's what I was going to ask about the variant cases, the mutants, as you called them, which is what they are. Yeah. Um, we have all this news about variant cases. We're investigating 84, said uh, Quebec's public health, and we have them here. They're, they're everywhere, right? They're going to spread. We know that. They're already here. Yeah. Um, why are cases going down? Have you seen this news that's trending everywhere? Like, what is that? Is this a calm before a storm? Is this the tide um, pulling out? Calm before the storm. If you look at some of the modeling out of Fraser, uh, Simon Fraser University in Ontario, um, you know the 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 regular COVID does this, the wild type, and then the variants do this vertical. Are they killing the original one off? Is that what's happening? A ver- they replace. They replace a vertical drop. So are we in this area here? Before this is remains to be seen. But for the this part, yes, I mean what we're still we just we're still just testing in general. We're not testing specifically for variants. So shouldn't this be non-existent if the variants are doing this? No, I mean the initial swab. Uh, I mean uh, when they give us the numbers, they're not uh, ten variants, twelve this, twelve that. It's just COVID. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Uh, why would we be seeing that? We why are we seeing that? Well, what I'm ha- asking your opinion because I know no one really knows. I don't think anybody really knows, but uh, I have an opinion, and the opinion is is that. New Year's, I'm mean, sorry, Christmas, holidays, New Year's holidays, Hanukkah, if you want to put it in there, holidays, Kwanzaa in North America, holidays. Winter holidays. Winter holidays, um, followed by, a, you know, dropping schools. So schools, schools were closed during the holidays mm-hmm. as well, right? Um, followed by lockdowns, curfews, not mixing and socializing after hours among young people who are spreading the virus. And that's what happened. And we are seeing this, is my opinion. The curfew to me is a very confusing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be one of those people who says, oh, the virus is nocturnal, because I'm not stupid. I understand why the virus they think is the not curfew is but people, young people are. But, but do we have numbers anywhere, like in the hospitals? Is there numbers of how many of these people were actually? just out and doing their own thing? Because I've not lived a very social life for the last 13 months. You haven't, but a lot of a lot of people have. Um, I mean, you have kids. Are they at daycare? Yeah. Both of them? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, is that not, is that, I know that it's a risk. I guess in, since they are there for you, mm-hmm. it's a risk worth taking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like my youngest today, for example, she has a runny nose. She's 13 months old. Yes. I want her to see the doctor. We're going to have to get tested, right? Yes. 
Like I know that it started this morning. Why don't you go get get her tested at any of the of the COVID testing places? I mean, when I go home, that's probably what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to the MUH. Every time she's gone sick during this pandemic, the poor thing, she gets a swab up her nose. It's never COVID, but she, the pediatrician but won't see her. Just drive up through the drive-through. Yeah, that's what we do. Okay. Yeah, it's a it, honestly the MUH she's testing is because I've done other ones because I've been tested like five times because of the kids yeah. or six, I think yeah. the, the most efficient. I mean, you get a text by the end of the day. Yeah. Sometime in some cases I went to the Jewish. It took three days. Yes, it's excellent. Journal. So like there's a risk there, right? Like I'm taking even though I'm doing everything else right. I'm still taking a risk. Am I not just as bad as the 18 year old kid who wanted to get a hand job? You know what I mean? And he went to his girlfriend's house. Like, what's the difference, really? Uh, the difference is that Scientifically, not, I don't mean socially. No, no, scientifically. Yeah. The difference is that younger kids, especially children less than five years of age, um, you know, children less than 10, but especially children less than five, are not spreading this virus as efficiently as we believe. Do there we know are, why? There are, we don't understand why. Okay. There, it goes against what we understand respiratory viruses do. Okay? It goes against it. But this is what it is. There's another infectious illness that children do not seem to be spreading very easily compared to adults and older people, and that's tuberculosis. tuberculosis we still have that. Yeah? We still have that. Yes. I thought we beat TB in the West. No, no. there's travel, people come. Of course, we don't have oh, wow. here, but I mean... We have vaccines for tuberculosis, though, right? It doesn't prevent uh, pulmonary TB. It only prevents... Really? Newborn TB. Oh, wow. Something new to be scared of. Go on. Yeah, so TB, yeah, of course it exists. And, you know, in, in when, whenever you have unsanitary conditions or a country that has unsanitary conditions or high living areas where a lot of people live close together, such as Canada's north, and Quebec's north that has probably uh, the highest per capita tuberculosis, even higher than sub-Saharan Africa. In really? Villages up north. Yeah. Wow. Children, young children, do not seem to be the drivers or the spreaders of the, of, even though it's airborne. And this but is something we don't fully understand, right? They can't, they can't form the aerosols and their voices are not as booming as an adult is. So I'm assuming that you're, the the base in the, the the low air pressure is aerosolizing it into smaller particles because that's what you're saying, right? Because of the base in this. So interesting. There has been a question as to whether or not this SARS-CoV-2 has some aerosolization and airborne spread. There, there are not questions. There are definite cases, um, and uh, around the world where there is airborne spread, hmm. um, and I'm not talking about you know, sticking a, a tube down a sick patient's throat uh, and suctioning deeply and causing them to cough violently was called aerosol generating events in a hospital. Uh, I'm talking about being in a closed space, loudly talking or singing in a choir, for instance, this famous, famous uh, study of COVID being spread through a choir and people who were meters away and singing in a closed area. Um, you know, I've, I personally know people who the only way that they would have gotten infected was through an aerosol spread. So younger kids, so what have we been doing for the last year? We've been socially distancing, wearing masks and washing our hands. We've been able to drop influenza, 
all other respiratory viruses to almost zero. There is no flu. The flu's gone. And we're testing. Really? Yes. Can you say that with 100% certainty? That seems like a crazy thing to say. Really? 100% certainty. And it's not only Canada or Quebec. It is across the world. There has There is no flu. Okay, there is no flu. There is a few, but there is no sustained community spread. At this time of the year, the hospital is full of children with viral. That, that kind of statement, there is no sustained community spread. That's a much better statement than there, there is no flu. Well, okay. It's, it's, I'm just saying it sounds wacky as there is like it's such a wacky numbers thing. Numbers of flu, it's flat. But no one gets tested. Everyone just assumes they have COVID. If they're negative, they go home. No. In Quebec, we haven't been testing as much. Granted, we haven't been testing as much, but the rest of Canada and the United States, they've been testing even at higher levels than last really? year. And just they to are see what's not going on. seeing flu. Interesting. They might so be why, why aren't our measures one stopping clusters COVID? Here, one or two cases there, maybe 20 cases across Canada, and that's it. Okay, I, I know I only have you for a few more so minutes. So I'm going to go back to say why yeah. children are not, because influenza is spread through the schools and through children. COVID doesn't seem to be spread by young kids that easily. Not that it hmm. hasn't been shown. I've been yelling from the beginning. You've seen my posts. Every child who goes to school above five years of age should be wearing masks on top of washing hands and being distant. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you know, we're not listening to some of the things that people are saying. It's very simple. You want to keep schools open and safe, you wear masks. Daycares, you can't put a child, a two-month-old, a two-week-old. No, you can't. Two-year-old with a mask. But they're not the ones spreading it. So I shouldn't feel so guilty is what you're saying. They can't generate, you know, we're keeping distant. The the, the caretakers are wearing masks and shields in Washington. So the droplets that are being spread are decreasing, but the aerosol spread is still there. Hmm. But interesting. young babies don't produce many aerosols. So maybe that's why we're not seeing daycares and young kids and all this, you know, but we're seeing it in the older classes. Right. Where the only way COVID is going to spread is through an aerosol, you know, hmm. in a closed space, in an, you know, where you can't open the window and aerate the place. Right. Uh, I mean, I have you for a few more minutes, so I'm only going to ask you this one final because I have a ton more questions that uh, I'd love no, to ask we you. Can but go for another what? It's a, we can go for another ten minutes if you. Do. All right. Okay. So I'm going to jump from that because now, now I have stuff that are interesting. But before, the mask, the mask wearing. Yeah, go on. Before that, this works. My colleague across the wall from here tested positive and put in the information, and I got dinged the next morning that I was in contact. I, be- I believe that it works. I believe that people aren't using but it. I though. never came into contact with that person because our doors are closed. Hmm. I mean, do you share a ventilation system? Mind you, it's no, a HEPA filter in the hospital. No, 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 no. Everything goes out and whatever. I never came into contact, physical contact with that person. How's he doing? But because the wall is less than two meters. She's sitting opposite to me. Oh, she, she, she all right? Sitting less, uh? Is she okay? She recovered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it, in the end, in the end, it was one of those um, very low viral, whatever. We think that it may not have been a, a true positive at the time that she got tested. And I never came into contact with her. You know? did, did you ever catch the virus? No. No. Uh, no. I mean, you no, dodged that bullet. Have, huh? A couple of my colleagues have. One of that's, cr- that's crazy to me. One that of them you... seriously. 
Yeah, I remember you actually posting. They even wrote a, an op-ed about it, right? My, uh, him, my boss. Him. My yeah. Boss. Um, have you read about var variolation at all? Yeah. People speculating that it's something that may carry us through. Is this? Is there any science there? There's theory, but I'm not sure that there's hard clinical science that this is something that... Uh, okay, that was just like a random non-sequitur. Variolation is um, getting infected with a small amount of the virus as opposed to a large amount of the virus. So wearing masks, you know, decreases the amount of virus that we see that correlates to less of a disease and less of a serious disease. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting thought. They used to do it in the villages, right? Like I know my grandfather had told me that they gave him powdered scorpion venom in his milk as a child. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. different it would, things. Uh, it, smallpox, they would, uh, smallpox, yeah. Variolation was, they would give you a little bit of smallpox to give you, or cowpox, which is very similar, to give you, um, to give you a, a, a subclinical disease, not very the fulminant as you saw right. all the smallpox, but you had a little bit that your body was exposed to that went the long way. Uh, but that works exactly the same way that traditional vaccinations work, right? Your body gets to know the virus, you build immunity, and you're protected, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is so how I want to end this. We don't have more data on that yet. It's a theory. No? And that's why they're saying, wear your masks. Because if you do get exposed to COVID, you'll get less of it. you get less of it. Although we'll my go. colleague who got there, I mean, this is case one, right? Yeah. My colleague who got sick, well, they were both wearing masks and one transmitted to the other. And she was a, you know, asymptomatic and he became quite, quite sick. Really? That's, uh, it's, it's like, you don't know, right? But uh, it, so it is a possibility that when my other colleague who was pre-symptomatic left his office, he, my other colleague removed his mask and there were still aerosols in the air and in nearby. Yeah. So this is how I kind of want to end the conversation on, on two notes. One, what's the, like the general atmosphere amongst health professionals right now? I don't mean like, what do they think is going on? I just, I mean, emotionally what's happening in the hospital and uh, like where, how does this end? Like, when do we get back to some semblance? I mean, normal, I won't say normal because we'll never go back to normal. That, that world is dead. Um, we're in a new world now. I mean, I don't know what that world is going to be like, but I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. So you asked me and we can bring it back to the, how's my life been since COVID. Um, yeah. You know, thankfully I'm a pediatrician and we have not seen many, many sick kids with COVID. What we are seeing is a number of increasing number of kids who get sick four to six weeks after getting COVID and with something called MISC or multi-system inflammatory system uh, disease, the Kawasaki shock where they come in in cardiac shock. And uh, that's when they get their antibodies or their immune system from the original COVID, it somehow turns against them and attacks their, their heart. So we are seeing some of these cases and more than usual, like, you know, six to 10 a month, whereas oh, wow. before Kawasaki shock was once or twice every two months is not, you know, from other things that we don't know mm -hmm. about, but at least with COVID, we are seeing a lot of these and this is not only here. So, but they're not infectious when they come in. Okay. Right. So we... You know, we pediatricians have had a good, good ride over this. Although my life has changed with lots of Zoom calls, lots of telemedicine. That's a future of medicine. I think a lot of resources were, were squandered in the past where doctors were, being, were seeing patients who didn't actually have to come in and get seen. Right. They can, you know, the whole visit can be done like this. Like a script renewal, something simple. Feeling, prescription renewal. How are you feeling? How are you this? How are you that? you know, or I have a rash. Okay. Show me the rash. Here's the rash. You know, you could, you could do a lot of telemedicine mm -hmm. that way. 
And so I think that's one way it's going to change. You know, there's been a lot of Zoom calls. I've had to teach whole university classes like this. Uh, so that's how my, my life has changed. And, the, and, and of course, it's changed in the way everybody else's has changed. I wear my masks. I keep my distance. I haven't seen my parents. My kids haven't seen my parents in over a month and a half, two months, you know, uh, only through like this. Yeah. Um, you know, birthdays, baptisms, everything has been canceled. So for now. Well, you guys are on, you're on waiting on a baptism also for the little one? Yeah, us too. Walk to her baptismal. Uh, yeah, us too. She's going to, she's her starting her to walk. Dunking. I said anyway. she can, maybe we could put her a little board. She can just dive in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and um, how is this, how are we feeling? You asked as doctors. We're tired, obviously. Um, you know, uh, my adult colleagues are exhausted uh, because they've been overwhelmed. Um, we do understand government um, mitigation strategies, such as lockdowns, such as uh, curfews, quarantines. We understand that as a necessary evil to get through this. You know, Australia and New Zealand are still democracies. Uh, don't worry about it. This is all going to be temporary. We all have um, a hope, especially with the vaccines and with the coming summer season, that we are going to be more outdoors. And so the spread indoors is not going to be happening. Right. And so we, we were hopeful. We're tired. We're hopeful. And we are keeping a very close eye on these variants. Hmm. When does, like, what's your project? Because my projection as a non-doctor, as a non-scientist, as a guy, as a film, I'm a filmmaker for fuck's sake. Maybe I'm a futurist. I don't know. I think we have two more winters like this winter coming. Two more. That's two more. I can't predict. I think we have one more summer like this and a fall that we will start to see good numbers. Like smaller little waves. Yeah. And so maybe by winter coming up 2021, uh, we should start to, you know, we're going to be wearing masks until I think next summer. No, I agree with you but on that for I, sure. I think in terms of lockdowns and this and that, I don't anticipate any more will happen past this winter. I'm not ruling out another lockdown in the next month because yeah, no, for the sure. variants take off like this. We're closing it all down. Closing it all down again because, you know, you know, it, 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 biology doesn't make sense that a virus mutates to become more deadly. It mutates to spread more easily and live longer in its host. Alive. It yeah. wants that to happen. But if you infect millions more, millions more will end up needing care in a hospital. So, right. You know. Uh, I, I mean, that's actually the best news I've heard in weeks. If, if your opinion turns out to be true, just another, we're, ha we're halfway through is what you're saying. Well, I think we're about three quarters of the way through. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> three quarters of the way through. But okay. I cannot promise another lockdown. It's not me that's making the decision. I mean, I know that, obviously. I'm just looking ahead and looking and seeing that uh, we may have to do one more hard lockdown before we open up before the summer. And don't be surprised if that happens. I wouldn't be at all. And I, I mean, if the cases spike, then what else can we do? Right. I mean, I don't really, I don't know anymore. That, that's where I'm at. Like, I, I really don't know. I try to read the science. I try to understand it. I've had conversations with doctors, with researchers. I mean, aside from a, as much as I hate the idea of lockdowns, I think they're, 
they're poorly implemented by the government because they're not true lockdowns. That, that that's what I'm saying. They had uh, for a lockdown to work and be effective, it has to be Greece circa first wave. It has to be Australia, and it has to be New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. Chris, I won't take up any more of your time. I'm sure there's a... Let's not forget China. I'm not giving them any credit for this. They've caused too much trouble already. <laughs> no, I don't give them Honestly, credit either. Zero. <laughs> did, you see their, did you see their Banana Republic press conference last week? Yeah, I did. Look, there's no nothing here to see after a year of us cleaning it up. Yeah, this is, but but, Ridiculous. but bolt your door if you have COVID. They, they bolted building. They let people die in their buildings. So I'm not going to even pretend like that was a proper so, health um, measure. You know, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But a lockdown to work has to be... It's not a zombie apocalypse. Like that was un, that was unnecessary. A lockdown. They could work. have just closed their borders. It has to work. Exactly. So thank you for taking the time. I will let you get back to the floor and thank do you. the things that you do. Thank you, Phil. And uh, I mean, be safe. Uh, all, all the stuff we say during COVID, and all that, all regards has been removed by be safe and exactly. Don't touch. Don't lick people and exactly. I'll try yeah. not to. And don't let them touch your skin. You I know? will try not to <laughs> touch my skin. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. You too. Stay safe. If you like this program and you like the kind of stuff I do over on Film My Whole, I implore you, I invite you to subscribe on my YouTube channel. What else can you do? Um, I see the, the, the whole momentum shifted just now because I'm all by myself, but that's okay. Balabanos.com is where you can find more information about me. You can find my videos, my podcasts, my all the stuff I do, all the fun stuff, twice a week on the morning show over on Pantelis Comedy. Mispronounced Pantelis, don't know why. Pantelis Comedy, we do the morning show twice a week, Wednesday morning, 10 a.m., Friday morning, 10 a.m. George gives us the news. We derail it and we say nonsense. For the, It's a good time. There's live chat. You guys can have fun. If you did like this, please share it with your friends. I mean, Chris's interview actually is one of the... I wasn't sure how it was going to go, honestly. I didn't really want to ask him too many scientific questions. I wanted to have like a human discussion with him. But as you can see, like the stuff that he wants us to know, he wants us to know, right? And these are the same. He hasn't changed his tune at all since the beginning. I mean, as information has changed and new science has come out, he's adapted. But for the most part, he's been saying what he said today on Facebook, which is we could have stopped this. Now we just got to figure it out. Um, my name is Phil Balabanos. I'll see you in the next episode. Listen to fill my hole. This podcast is available on YouTube in its full video form. If you're lazy and you don't want to Google it and you don't want to search on YouTube, balabanos.com. Hit the podcast section. You can subscribe directly to the RSS feed there. My name is Phil Balabanos. And